Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. If you're in the Colorado area, listening on the Grace FM radio network, you are hearing us live, and and that's true, uh, that's accurate. It is us in the studio today, uh, as I'm joined together with... Pastor Cody King is with us again. Cody, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks. Great to be here. And Pastor 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 Joshua <laughs> Taylor is also in studio with us. Here I am. Thanks. And for I think me. that you might. I, did you guys hear that? Okay, is his mic okay? Yeah. Okay, let me upgrade my volume here. So welcome, welcome, welcome. You have three pastors this afternoon taking your calls and your questions. Of course, Cody's pastoring up in Commerce City in the re it's reunion area. Yep. I wanted to say it's the redemption area, but it is the redemption is. area because that's the name of your church. For sure. You want to update everyone on uh, just quick church info, what, what you're teaching through so yeah. to remind everyone? Yeah, absolutely. We are uh, we meet uh, every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., we're about uh, a mile to the east of Highway 2 on 104th Avenue, and uh, we are currently teaching through the book of First Timothy. So we're about to start chapter 3 this week oh. and getting into pastors and deacons and roles and responsibilities. I, um, I'm teaching chapter 3 in the—I've been thinking about it, but I haven't done anything yet— um, at Tucson, when we go to the Tucson conference, yeah. and my responsibility is chapter 3, so— I'm just going to take, I'm just going to listen to yours. You did all the work. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm sorry, everybody in Tucson. <laughs> they asked me to, they asked me for the approach to uh, teach it uh, with more of the emphasis of, of Paul's heart toward young leaders. Yeah. And, and, and I think sometimes we, at least my thought process so far is that we, we teach it as the categories of spiritual requirements, sure. which is what it is. Yeah. But now the applicational part, I'm 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 a little challenged mm. to see how the Go Lord brings it out yeah. more in our inner interaction. But you know that that I think that the the key for me on chapter three of First Timothy is that uh, God calls uh, the leader with the character is more important than any other quality in yeah. a person's life. Yeah, Amen. I mean, when you look at that list of things, all of the qualifications of all of them, there's only one that's a skill. And it has to do with the ability to teach, but everything else has to do with how you conduct your life, right. how you care for your family, uh, and the kind of man that you are. And I think it sets the tone too. For you guys that are familiar, it's the requirements for elders in First Timothy three, and I think he makes it clear. I think the Holy Spirit, on purpose, inspired Paul to make the very first one above reproach, mm. so that the tone is set yeah. that these aren't even qualities and characteristics that we can develop on our own. For sure. It's the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So I look yeah. forward to hearing that. Yeah. So Redemption Calvary's up in Commerce City in the reunion area of Commerce City, and of course, uh, you guys that are tuned in at 8 p.m. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday here on Grace FM, you hear Pastor Cody on Redemption Radio, which you just signed for another year. Yeah, absolutely. So welcome We're aboard for another year, and I know we've gotten great feedback. I know you've gotten great feedback, and like anything with radio, it takes time. Absolutely. It takes time for developing a radio audience, and so 303-690-3000 is the number. My name is Ed Taylor. I have 
uh, the privilege of pastoring here at Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado. I've got before me a artwork uh, for um, a shirt that we're doing for Israel because we're heading off to Israel in, in a couple weeks, and there's nothing uh, more exciting than to take a new group of people to see Israel for the first time. So we're very excited about that. Um, and, and Cody, you get a sneak peek. Looks so good. It's going to be cool. That's really cool. So Josh, everything squared away? Not yet, but it's working soon. Hopefully I'll be on Skype with you guys. Well, you can always minutes. peek on this one if you need to. Oh, yeah, cool. But uh, you were just in New Jersey as we're waiting for calls. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. You just got back from New Jersey. Tell us a little bit about that trip. Yes, I did. So I had the privilege of being able to serve uh, Calvary Chapel Old Bridge uh, by teaching their weekend retreat with their high schoolers, uh, Impact World. Uh, so it was really cool. Uh, they're in a time of transition, and it was awesome to be invited uh, during this special time and really teach on the theme of perspectives. So we looked at the scriptures um, of really focusing on Joseph's life and watching how he was able, despite the circumstances he went through, keep the perspective of having great expectations for his life through the dream that God gave him. Mm. So it was a really cool time. Um, I really enjoyed it. What was the biggest highlight uh, that, that you brought back? Like, how did the Lord minister to you at going to a retreat? You know, uh, for that retreat in particular, like there's just so many things happening here. Uh, I was a little worried that going away from the church, it might distract me. But um, the biggest uh, just really blessing was being able to see how the Lord is using those youth in New Jersey uh, and making them just so excited for uh, seeing what the Lord's going to be doing in their lives and how they're actively loving and serving the Lord. Uh, so for me, the biggest highlight, I just really enjoyed meeting a lot of different people right. and uh, seeing how the Lord uh, can just use this generation for him. So they were really, they were a fun crowd to be with. So we've got an open line. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Also, right before you came in, Cody, just for the sake of uh, updating folks, you were in Florida not too long ago uh, in a, an event called the Expositors Collective. Yeah. Uh, we, we hosted that here not mm -hmm. too long ago, but you were in Florida. Tell us a little bit about uh, being in Florida and ministering out on this, expo what is the Expositors Collective? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's uh, something I've had the privilege to be able to jump in and be a part of. Essentially, the thought behind it and heart behind it is to take people who have a heart to teach the Bible and to do it correctly and to do it well and to train them to do so. Uh, it's targeting people who are younger, uh, between 18 and 35. Like you. Uh, I'm a little over it. Uh, actually, I'm getting, about to turn 39 here soon. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Old to Josh. Like Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, so we take the opportunity to invest in others and just to say, hey, here's how you, you do this uh, correctly. But then also it's sort of an intensive because uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of the participants didn't know that they were going to do was actually preach a short message in front of someone who was going to give them on-the-spot right. feedback. Right. Uh, and I know I had some pretty scared participants of that, of that one. Uh, but I think that's one of the most valuable things I've received is someone who could sit with me and say, you did this well, you should focus on this differently. And uh, so I think it's a really, really helpful tool. So I'm excited about doing that. There's a new one uh, coming up in April. It's going to be in San Diego. Uh, and uh, it's going to be an awesome time to go. Who's get hosting it in San Diego? Uh, it is Maranatha. Maranatha. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be good. I And thinking of that, I had a, uh, a young friend of mine uh, from a Calvary on the West Coast. Uh, I listened to his message this week and said, hey, man, good word. And he said, thanks. What'd you think of it overall from a master to a student? There you go. And so he's asking for yeah. that kind of feedback. It'll be more than a text mm -hmm. where I heard some really, really good things, and I heard some th things that would polish. Mm. It would polish his delivery, yeah. polish 
uh, the ability, because after all, our the, the art there there is the the gifting of pastor teacher to take the Bible and make it relevant. But the delivery part yeah. is actually something we have to develop. Absolutely, it's a skill to develop. So yeah. it's an interesting thing spiritually where we have um, we have this gifting where God supernaturally gives us the ability to make the Bible understandable. Yep. Uh, and yet, at the same time, in our human, the human part of us, we, we just don't show up and just stand there, and then the Holy Spirit makes us a robot. <laughs> it's a skill to develop. Absolutely. Uh, and the book that blessed me the most, uh, and it's not necessarily a specific expository uh, book, but it's called Seven Laws of the Learner. Hmm. And it was written by a man by the name of Bruce Wilkerson. Uh, he is best known for Talk Through the Bible. They used to do seminars years ago where they'd go around from church to church and they'd teach you the, all the books of the Bible with a song and hand motions. Okay. And you would know it. And, and, and he's also known, he's probably most famously known for his book, The Prayer of Jabez. Oh, yeah. That really got popular. But, but he was a student of Howard Hendricks at Dallas yeah. Theological Seminary, which, which many, many gifted Bible teachers, Chuck Swindoll is probably the most famous student mm-hmm. of Howard Hendricks, yeah. uh, that he fashioned and formed them not only in, in Bible study, but in homiletics and expository yeah. teaching. And so um, uh, it revolutionized my teaching. And actually was, it actually was, I was teaching years ago. Uh, I wasn't a pastor or anything. I was just asked to do a Devo at a men's retreat. Hmm. Uh, I was being uh, raised up in leadership and trained there. Uh, I did it. Uh, and I thought it was well received, but then this older gentleman came up to me and said, "Can I talk to you?" And and he, we off we went off to the side, and he said, "You know, uh, Ed, that was really a good message." And and he was sharing with me some positive things, and then he said, "But have you ever considered?" And he was so gentle and so kind, and probably pointed out five or six or seven things that could have made that little ten minute devotion better. Mm. And then he said, "When we get back." I want to introduce you to a book, and I want to introduce you, back then it was cassette tapes, yep. and I want you to read them. I'm going to read them with you, and we're going to go through them together, and wow, absolutely revolutionized the way I think about teaching, Amazing. Uh, which leads us to a question. So let's jump to line one uh, that's for all of us, so I, I'm curious of all the answer. Willie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I um, um, appreciate you taking my call, and um, I want to say hello to the other pastors also. Great. What's going on? So I have a, a question for all three pastors, and the uh, question is, how does um, a person in leadership... In the... Oh, no. How did... We lost you. How do they... Are you there? Okay, try again. Go ahead and try. We lost you there for a second. How does the leaders um, in ministry um, humanize themselves to the congregation without tanking or misrepresenting Christ um, by humanizing themselves, you know, um, in the Bible it tells us that we should all admit our sins to one another, and it also says that, you know, when Jesus went back to Galilee, that they did not accept him. They didn't accept him. Like, so my past life, I was a wicked person. Now I've changed. I have a new change in my life. I'm having a hard time. People are accepting that I'm a changed person. And um, how did you deal with that, um, Pastor Ed? I understand that, you know, you had a previous addiction about all before. Sure. And just going back into the ministry, you're going into the ministry, how do you, you know, um, humanize yourself to the congregation to let them know, like, I am not perfect, you know, um, I am still um, searching for my salvation, or I'm still working my salvation out um, without tainting the image of Christ. 
Yes. Okay. So I'm going to choose to go last. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to start with the youngest in the room, Pastor Joshua. Where, where do you see that developing in your thought process? You know, um, to really humanize yourself in the congregation as opposed to being on a pedestal, you just have to be, you know, real with your congregation. And I think that is simply comes out of your teaching, but also one-on-one relationships. Um, you're not someone that is above them in any sense that you're better than them. Uh, you just have more responsibility as a spiritual leader in their lives. And what that means is it doesn't mean that you don't struggle. doesn't mean that you don't uh, deal with sin. It just means that you have a higher calling to the point where you need to make decisions based on that responsibility. Uh, so I definitely, you know, I share, there's a group of people that I share with that I have close contacts with. Um, you know, even my dad, Pastor Ed, will talk about things that I've, I'm working through, but it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I just want to make sure I'm available and really open. And when people ask me questions, you know, I answer them honestly, and uh, I I walk through them uh, and allow them to be part of my journey uh, through life, because we're all going through it, and uh, one day it'll end in heaven. That's good. Cody, what do you think? Yeah, um, so I think that when you're dealing with things, especially when it comes to your your past and sinfulness, uh, and trying to figure out that balance of, of being able to hold what you're doing in high regard in terms of leading, uh, but also to actually be human. There's a way to do it that glorifies God, and there's a way to do it that glorifies sin. Um, and, okay. and, and so I think it's really important to say, this is part of my story, and to acknowledge those things in a very real way, uh, but also to point to God's grace, God's changing uh, capacity to actually cause you to become different, um, and to show how he has grown you through these things. And and, and I think as well, part of the, the humanizing of this is that it can't be that the things I'm struggling with are 20 years ago. It's things that are in my life today, that God's still working on me. I haven't achieved some sort of standard of plateau that I'm, I'm awesome and all of you need to be like me. Uh, but it's to be like Paul, how he said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. And yeah. so as I'm following Christ, he's going to be working on me in different ways. So yeah. being vulnerable with people, but I think as well in a, in a pastoral setting, it's important to have peers that you can be more vulnerable with um, and, uh, and and open up to in that way as well. I think those are great insights. You know, I think the, the reality is, is that we can't be any more than who we are. And if we choose to try to be someone else, we choose to try to live above the, the life story that, that God has allowed us to have, both by our sin and also by his grace— then we're going to miss out on the real part of ministry, and that's relationship. You know, God, I, I love that passage where it says to shepherd the flock of God that's among you. Yeah. And so we're sheep too. And and when we're raising up men uh, to into the pastoral ministry, we're raising up women into positions of leadership within the church. One of the first things that that we're that we remind them is that we're sheep too. Um, and the distinction that that's made between us is that we, as Josh said, we're given more responsibility and. And I think that one of the things I've learned now going into the 20th year of pastoring this church is at, at some point in every pastor's life, they just have, they, they get, they have to settle that this is who they are, mm. that they're not going to be a Chuck Swindoll, they're not going to be, although we all kind of start out aspiring to, to be, maybe not necessarily copy someone, but we, we admire someone, uh, we admire their ministry, we admire their leadership, and so we start to, to, we start to follow a man. Um, not not above Jesus Christ, but like, man, that's a great way to do things. And then we start to do it that way, and we go like, you know, that's not for me. Or I remember in the early days, 
I used to be so paranoid about what I taught and how I taught that I would listen to my messages, you know, the following week and then we would, I would just be, oh, I messed that up and I messed that up. And, and these days if I mess up and it's not anything theological that I have to correct, but if I mess up, I say something dumb or goofy or I, I, I just leave it in the recording because that's who I am. And if I'm hurting, I tend to, that sometimes comes out in the message. If I'm joyful, that comes out in the message. And Cody hit it on the head. The pulpit is not to express Ed Taylor. The pulpit is to glorify Jesus Christ. And finding a fine balance is always, you know, sometimes it's too much and I got to apologize. Sometimes it's too less and I need to apologize. But great pastors are made by great congregations, Hmm. (laughs) you know, and so good teachers are always, always followed by good listeners, and it's relational. Amen. I think one, one other thing to throw out there as I'm thinking about it is that in being vulnerable, I think it's important for uh, the pastor to not uh, cause sin to be okay, or to make excuses for it, Uh, that, that it needs to be that we're dealing with it in a, in a way that is saying this is sinful and needs to be repented of, not this is my sin and so I'm the sinner pastor, everybody can relate to me. Uh, that is a misrepresentation of the Lord um, and, and just not the right way to do it. As well as I would say, pastors need the ministry of the body of Christ just like any other member of the body. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's not that pastors aren't part of the body, they're one of the sheep as well. Yeah, I, and I think that there is a tendency... Uh, if our goal is to be relevant, we'll never be relevant yep. because we'll only cater to the culture. But if our goal is to be um, transparent and honest, abiding in Christ, then God will use us beyond what we can even think or ask. And and I would say one more thing, because I think is included in your question is, you'll notice when I share about my past sin, I don't give a lot of details because it doesn't matter how bad it was. I, I like to say I was bad. I like to say sometimes with my wife's permission, uh, I will share some detail of where she was hurt or where she was harmed, but for the most part, uh, I keep it in the general sense and, and and remind people that it was much worse than I'm describing. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, Pastor Ed, I just wanted to um, iterate. Um, I admire you. I love what you're doing with the Calvary Chapel of Aurora. Um, and your son, he's, 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 you're, bringing up, you're bringing him up very well in the Lord. I believe that um, he's going to be um, he's going to continue in ministry and do a great job also. And just to end our conversation, I would just I would like to ask for uh, just um, a prayer request. Um, I am actually studying right now. I'm actually being discipled right now. I actually attend the Calvary Chapel of Aurora, so I get to see you tonight. Okay, great. God willing. Um, so I just need prayer for my studies. Um, for my studies to keep my eyes on on Christ, ELJ. Um, <laughs> and got that from I Micah. Yeah, I believe that um, the Lord, he's, I, I believe I speak to the Lord daily, and He has a real happy presence in my life right now. I've turned, I did a 180-degree turn, and all I do is think, and all I do is um, try to um, align my will with His will. And I believe that He has called me into ministry. I know every born-again Christian believes that there needs to be going to ministry, and I believe that's true, because they can go into different areas of ministry, that's and right. we are supposed to go out and bring salvation to others who are lost. But I just need a little bit of prayer to stay focused in my um, discipleship and in, and just um, also my recovery process and just to be patient and wait on the Lord. That's right. Because I know um, it's not going to happen overnight, me going into ministry, he's still grooming me and he's still working on me, but I'm a little anxious and I'm just, um, at times I, I doubt myself and I just, you know, my past comes up and it just, yeah. 
you know, and the devil creeps into my thoughts saying, I'm never going to be good enough to be in ministry or, mm. and I also, that's pretty much what I need my prayer for this week. All right, bro. Josh, you want to pray? Yeah. Lord, I just want to lift up uh, our brother Willie to you, God, and just ask that you would continue to encourage him and strengthen him, Lord, and also remind him of just Philippians 1.6, Lord, that you're going to be faithful to complete the work that you started in him. And as he grows and as he desires to seek you and your face, I pray, Lord, that you would just make yourself more and more evident to him as he does the good thing, Lord, to seek you out. And I pray, Lord, against uh, the spiritual attacks and just how the enemy is going to be quick, even after making this call and just stepping out in faith, asking for prayer, and he's going to be quick to come in with some warfare, and I just pray that you protect Protect him, yeah. Lord, and bless him. And tonight, Lord, that you just prep him for the message. Yes. So we lift him up to you. We thank you, Lord, for him calling and ask that you bless him. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Willie. Really. See you, bro. I thank you, guys. You guys have a blessed evening. Bye-bye. You too. 303-690-3000 is the number. And yes, we do have church tonight uh, here at Calvary Church, 7 p.m. Do you have a midweek? No, we don't do a midweek. Okay, so no midweek, but Sundays, 9 and 11, uh, up in the Commerce City area, you can go to, Re- I think it's redemptioncalvary.org. Org. So if you want to connect up in the north, what would that be, the northeast, northeast. area of the metro area? So uh, re- in the reunion area, Redemption Calvary, 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Baltimore, Maryland, and we're going to pick up with, it's Bonnie has a prayer request. Bonnie, welcome to the program. Yes, hi. I called before, but um, I'm still struggling trying to get a job. Um, could you say a prayer? Um, I was at an interview today okay. for um, Target at Starbucks, and that's really what I want to do. Okay. And could you pray for me that um, that I get a blessing and get that job? Yeah, let's do that. Father, we, uh, we pray for uh, our sister Bonnie. Uh, you know her heart's desire is to uh, use her gifts and her talents to provide for the needs of her home and her life. And, you know, your word talks about um, what what a gift work is. Even though under the curse it's hard, uh, it's something that you gave Adam to do before the curse ever happened. And it's something to be bring satisfaction into our lives and also build bridges. You're, she has this desire to be at a Starbucks, God, that would help her um, interact with people all day long. And so we pray that you would give her the strength and endurance to stay strong, uh, that you would give her the strength and the endurance to um, not look back, but to uh, look up and trust you uh, as she waits for word from this particular job. And we know that if it's from you, it's already hers. And if it's not, then you already have something in place for her. So we are eager to find out what your will is for Bonnie and her job. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Bonnie. Thank you. Keep us up to date. Let us know if you get it. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Shane in Parker, Colorado. Shane, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on the show here. Um, I have a, a question. I have a, somebody who is very near and dear to me um, who is a believer. Okay. Uh, however, you know, despite... Uh, my encouragement, prayer, invitations, um, just does not get into Scripture, read the Bible, or and and I, I have a hard time getting a, a reason for that. But is there a point um, just in which that sort of the neglect of reading Scripture or, or being in the Bible as a believer becomes a sin? And then the second part of that is that do you have any other suggestions that 
uh, I can that that you you know I may be able to use to um, you know to, to maybe prompt or, or a, a different way to invite this person to to join me in my studies. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that the answer is yes. I think the neglect of reading the Word of God when you are able. Uh, of course, there are always exceptions, right, where you're not able or you're dyslexic or things that would prevent you from reading a paper copy or a digital copy of the Bible. But when you are able and you refuse to read the Bible, it certainly can become sinful because now, um, in the very least, you're not taking in the wisdom of God. Uh, and the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And if, if you're not reading the Bible, you don't know who the Lord is. If you're not reading the Bible, you're not acknowledging Him in all your ways. If you're not reading the Bible, you're not trusting him, um, you're not even learning what his definition of trust is. Uh, and so the neglect of the Word of God, and the neglect of not only reading it, but like James said, don't be hearers only, but doers of the Word. You know, you, you'll never be a doer of the Word if you don't read the Word. And so I think on a, a lot of different levels, it can become sinful. You know, for those that are dyslexic, those that are unable to read, or like our, our sister Bianca, who can't see... Um, you know, she reads in Braille, and she also listens to audio Bibles. And so with the technology that's available today, even for those listening in saying, you know, I have a hard time reading, it's hard for me to read. Um, we live in a day and age where it's so much easier to take in the Word, um, so, so much easier. And so the answer is yes to that. And some creative ways to invite him to study. Um, any of you guys have some feedback or do you have any thoughts of creative ways that he could encourage this person? Well, I think that uh, there are some, you know, there's just some good Bible apps out there, like the Uversion Bible app that'll give you some reading plans that'll help you, you know, break it down and, and give you some direction as far as that goes, or even devotional plans for that matter uh, are, are helpful uh, in that. And I think that also inviting other people into it with you is, is really helpful to do in that way. You know, it's not just that you're doing it, but that somebody's doing it with you and that you're able to uh, have that accountability. You know, sometimes just knowing that someone's going to ask you, hey, did you do this, is enough to help you uh, keep moving forward. I, and I think be, I think you hit it on the head. It's the creative part. Um, you just don't know. And, and, and I think, uh, I don't know the whole situation personally, but when I'm listening to you and I'm listening to Cody share with you, I don't think reading the Bible actually is the issue. There's something going on behind the reading of the Bible that this lack of reading is just a symptom of something deeper going on uh, in your friendship and your love. And the idea, you know, because we can do, we, when we have to talk to someone about something difficult, we can do it one of two ways. We can get up in their face and be real strong about it and you're not doing something right and you should be doing it, which I don't sound like you're doing. It sounds like what you're doing is the second way, which is often much more effective. And that's, I always like to picture in my mind, put in my arm around someone and let's take a walk together. Mm. And, and so one thought just popped into my mind too is that the more passionate you are about what God's telling you, the more that passion rubs off. And so, you know, when I was in the workplace, uh, we weren't allowed to quote Bible verses. Like that was a big rule. I couldn't walk around with my big Bible. I mean, I could if I was going to my break, but like if I was going up to a cubicle and helping somebody with their job, with their particular job on their screen, I couldn't, after I was done, I couldn't open up my Bible and say, check this verse out. So what I learned how to do was I personally memorized the Bible and the passages that were important to me and I let those come out of my, vo I let, I, I, I actually helped them to read the Bible by quoting it to them without ever opening it. Does that make sense? 
Yes, it does. And, and you know, so I would does. say, hey, Cody, you know, uh, it's amazing the love of God that he, that, he, that he would send his son Jesus Christ to die for us. It's just an amazing thing. I wouldn't say, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, because that's the whole verse. And I wouldn't give the address, but I'd begin to ma- navigate the Bible in my conversation uh, because the Bible is powerful whether I quote the verse or not. Yeah. Uh, and and so creative, and who knows in the relationship that you have, I think creative is the key, you know? Yeah, I think uh, for me, I know I'm always encouraged by people that are excited about what they read. And I know that always gets me excited. Oh man, how did I miss that? Or man, I want to get into it. Or um, that really answered my question. So uh, just be excited. Hey, you hear the break. You got three pastors in studio today. Uh, Shane, I know you've got another question. I'm going to put you on hold. Okay. Don't hang up. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor in studio, Cody King in studio, Joshua Taylor. We'll be right back. Hang on for a couple minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half. Uh, with the only break of the show, we try to fit in as much as we can into the show. So we only have one break. Take a breather, get some water. Welcome back. If you're listening on Grace FM, you're listening live. If you're listening in on Hope FM, you're listening in on Truth FM, uh, you can call the show while the show is on the air, uh, but you're actually hearing it on the radio in a one-week delay. And so be sure to uh, give a shout-out to your local Christian radio station. If you're here on Grace FM, go to gracefm.com, send us a note, tell us how the Lord is using the station. Perhaps you want to uh, join us and partner with us financially. Uh, we so appreciate so, uh, a lot of people helping us at the end of the year, uh, finish our year strong. Uh, and so if you want to keep us uh, on the year uh, strong, you can go to Grace FM. We've, we've updated our giving module, so it make it a lot easier. Now, of course, if you're listening on Hope FM or you're listening on Truth FM, support your local station. So go to their website, support your local Christian station, because churches run these stations. Uh, they're not major corporations. They're not financially, uh, you know, money-making corporations. Our heart is to get the gospel out. As churches, this is one of the ways we do it. Uh, it's one of the ways that we are able then to help other local churches grow uh, and uh, just to be exposed. Like Pastor Cody, he's on every day at 8 p.m., Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, here on Grace FM, and provide an atmosphere for his style of Bible teaching. Maybe people will connect with Cody uh, in his style, and people will be in Commerce City in the Northeast area, and and so this is uh, church radio overseen by a church, supported by church, and gracious listeners. So if you're on the Grace FM radio network area, you're listening to this through Grace FM, go to our website, gracefm.com. There is a donate button. You can do that on the app as well. Maybe set up a recurring gift, and it'll just keep coming in and help us pay uh, some of the hard costs that come with radio. Uh, and I also wanted to uh, remind you something um, that I forgot. Oh, I know what it was. You were in New Jersey at Old Bridge, and I just confirmed um, that I'll be teaching at Calvary Chapel Old Bridge. And I know this isn't Bridge FM, but for you guys that are in New Jersey, um, I'm going to be out again for Bridge Fest uh, for that outreach. 
Um, we are excited. This is our third year coming out to it, our third year on the radio on Bridgefest. Uh, and then I'll, this year, for the first time, I'm teaching at Calvary Chapel Old Bridge uh, for Pastor Lloyd, who also is on our station. Uh, I don't remember what time he's on, but he's also on our station uh, on Monday through Friday. It's nine in the morning? It is early. Uh, let's see. I think Lou, it, Pastor Louie is on at 9. It's 9.30. 9.30. Bridging the Gap. So 9.30, Bridging the Gap, Pastor Lloyd Pulley. So I have the privilege of teaching there in June. I don't know exactly what day it is, but uh, in June, the day after Bridgefest. So a uh, blessing that we got to partner together and get to serve with Old Bridge. 303-690-3000 is the number. <clears throat> 303-690-3000. Thousand is the number taking. Let's go back because um, we had a brother on the line before the break, Shane. Uh, Shane, did you have a follow up question at all? Shane, let me. I forget. I'm the one that hits the button. Shane, welcome back to the program. You're on the air, Shane. If you're still with us. All right, we answered Shane's question, no problem. Well, let's move right on to Anita calling from Castle Rock, Colorado. Anita, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey. I have a a question or more guidance and possibly a prayer request. Um, just lately I've been going through some rough times with God and life and everything. I mean, just trying to make up with God, I guess. He's been upset with the lack of understanding of things that are going on in life. And if I don't understand, I just need a better way to figure out how to get more faith in Him. Um, and just let him do the work and just not worry or have fear and anxieties and um, put more into God. And yes. I don't know how to do that right now. I'm having a really hard time with that. Well, I'm going to give you a couple things. Uh, and then because you have three pastors here today, you'll get three different perspectives. Um, one of the things that I'm reminded of uh, in difficult times is that what you're desiring, what you're describing, what you want is already yours. And what I mean by that is that you have the living God uh, dwelling inside of you. You have, And from listening to you, it very much sounds like you have a real relationship with God and that, that He dwells in you and that you're born again. And part of the good news, as hard as it is to feel this right now, as hard as it is to really grasp this right now, God's given you the amount of faith that you need to get through moment by moment. And the answer to your question is not taking, because you've almost created another burden in your life because it's frustrating to you that you don't have the faith that you want. Is that accurate? Would you, would you right. agree with that? Yeah. And, and, and so now we condemn ourselves and we're going through real things. And I would say that what you're going through right now and what you're feeling is normal. You're a normal Christian going through, this is exactly what a Christian like you would feel facing what you're facing. And you're not abnormal. And your desire to grow is already yours. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And as you abide in Jesus Christ, He does the work. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that it's God that works in us both to will and to do for His good pleasure. So what about the practical side? So, you know, there are some things, some, you know, our response is to cooperate with God, to, to do what He tells us to do, because that helps us um, be in the right direction. I can't help but think of the very strong strength of Act, in the book of Acts of the early church, what made this rent? They they don't have they don't have any perspective of what the church is. They don't have any idea what to do. But this is what they did. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So we're going to read the Bible every day. They prayed. So I'm going to pray every day. They 
collected, they gathered together with the, with the saints, so they went to church regularly, and they also took of communion, which was a constant reminder of the finished work of Jesus Christ in our lives. And, and, and they did this for no other reason than to worship Jesus Christ. Now, I'm sure they had weaknesses like us. Um, they had difficulties like us. Uh, they, they, they lived and had doubts and everything just like you and I did. But, but they started out with the goal of glorifying God. And I actually did a series of studies, and they're on our free app. Um, uh, if you go to our, your app store and download, it's right on the front page. It's a series of, of studies on this very topic called Help for Troubled Hearts. And okay. these were studies born out of my own personal experience applying the Bible to my life with the reality of grief and just feeling like I'm not going to make it through another day, um, you know, being attacked, being, you would be surprised the kind of things that happen when you're grieving where the enemy wants to take advantage of things and people doing this and situations surrounding my, um, my, my son and the family that he's connected with and all of that, um, just on and on and on, just thinking, man, I don't know when it's going to end and, and learning from the Bible and learning to apply the powerful Word of God and surrendering my life to Jesus. We often think that doing more is going to be the answer, but actually surrender, and surrender opens up the channel of faith um, where we just begin to believe God for what He's done and what He said already, no matter how we feel. That's your biggest issue, I think, is your feelings don't match the truth of God's Word, and that's normal. It's just if we, we pay attention to our feelings a lot more than God's Word. Right. You guys have anything to add? Yeah, I would just uh, add in there the idea that it, it's not just to kind of reiterate something that you said is that it's not the amount of faith that you have as much as it is the object of your faith, and so um, we tend to get spooled up on thinking I need more of this, whereas um, really, honestly, God has given you uh, enough for today. In, in fact, in uh, Romans twelve, it says that each one of us have been given a measure of faith. Uh, and part of part of faith is that there's a gift to it. Yeah, some people have the gift of faith, and um, it, it sort of works in terms of like a muscle in that as you exercise your faith, it grows, and you're able to trust the Lord more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm reminded of in Joshua chapter 4, one of the things that God called the nation of Israel to do as they acted in faith to step across the Jordan River, um, and God miraculously dried the river, and they came through on the other side. God told them before they did anything else to set up memorial stones. And the reason that he told them to do that was so that they could remember what God did do in their yes. lives. And so yeah. I think uh, for us, it's it's really a practical step to, to actively set up things in our lives so that we can remember what God has done. Because the truth is, and I'm, prob- I'm sure you probably attest to this, God has moved in your life in crazy, miraculous ways. God yeah. has come through when you thought he couldn't. God has put things together when you thought there was no way. And so remembering those things helps you not necessarily to have more faith, but to keep your faith rightly placed. Because a faith that's rightly placed is only placed in Jesus. Yes, that's good. And I sure. think that's where my I, th- I think that's where I also contradict myself as well in my own mind is I think, and I'm so grateful, so grateful where I'm at today. in, in terms of I mean the world and 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 others and. I, and God has, I mean, uh, seen me through in my life so over and over. And when I start thinking about that, like, he's helped me, he, we're going to get through this. 
but then these trials happen, and it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just had a hard time understanding, like, you know, we were on such a good path. You know, what's going on? And then it just keeps happening, and I feel like sometimes I haven't healed from the first three trials before yes. another one hits. And sometimes, some days, I'm just like, I have to talk to myself, talk myself into getting out of bed because sometimes it's really tough. But yes. I, I, I know that God's with me. But then lately, I just, my sadness has just turned into anger. And I don't want to have that hard heart. And I'm, I'm afraid of that. But I'm trying to work on ways of, you know, I listen to worship music all day good. and trying to talk to him all day. And I just, I feel good in the moment. But then I feel like I, I, I the first situation I ran into, it's like, I need a break. I need time away from the sadness and bad things happening so I can at least heal and then be stronger to take on the next. And it just doesn't feel that way lately. So I just feel like I'm either doing something that God is not happy with or I need to make a major change that God's telling me to change. But then I'm just, I don't know. Well, let me help with something as you're talking it out. And one of the things that would be really good is for you to come to your church family and ask to, to have a wise older woman come alongside of you and help you walk through and talk through because as you're talking it through it raises a few more and a few more things that are always danger signs first of all the idea of taking a few steps forward and then falling back three or four that's normal um, that's a normal thing um, for you you have some abnormal trials you you're describing some of the things in your life a lot like job job had abnormal trials there's only one story of job in the bible and it, it was it was put in there for us to see the real re humanity of a person lose, and losing everything, including his friends and those that he trusted, to, to come out at the end to see the faithfulness of God, even though God was faithful all along. And so I, I can hear some of the abnormal, but you used a word that is so devastating to us as we go through pain, and that is, I just don't understand. If you, As you continue to ask that question, you're going to continue to answer it with things that hurt you. I, and, and you said another thing in that, is, is God judging me or is he you know, not happy with me? And the reason that you're coming up with that theory is because you're asking the question, I just don't understand. Mm -hmm. And the hard part of trials is, is that we know the source of them, sin. We know the source of every, every difficulty, every hardship, all the way to every death. The wages of sin is always death. So we know that sin is the culprit here, not necessarily your own personal sin. So don't think of it that way where, well, I sinned, so now I'm getting the judgment of God because the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ took upon himself the very wrath and judgment of God for your sin and mine. Amen. We may be living with some consequences, um, and it, sometimes, you know, sometimes in the pain that we experience, Anita, is the consequence of other people's sins of which we have no control over. They're just vicious and wicked and evil and cruel, and we're responding to the realities of a sinful world. It's not always ours. And, and so when we ask the question why, we're often frustrated and angry because God doesn't often answer the question why. He just doesn't. And we cry, why is this happening? And you remember Paul? There's a part in the Bible, remember when Paul, he had this thorn in his side? And he yeah. cried out to the Lord three times. And I don't think he was just, oh, God, can you take the, please, Lord Jesus, I thank you for my food, and would you please take out, you know, not, not a simple prayer. I think he was in 
anguish. I think he was desperate. I think he was crying out with the kind of desperation that you've had recently. And you'll recall that, there, that he received an answer, but it wasn't the answer that he wanted. Uh, he, it, wasn't, it wasn't the answer that I want, <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah. And, and what was his answer? The answer was, um, and the answer from heaven was, my grace is sufficient for you. And so that's a nice way of saying, I'm not taking the thorn away. You're going to live with it, Paul. But here's what's going to happen. My grace is sufficient for you because my strength is made perfect in weakness. And it's the, it's the uh, paradox in our lives. He says, that thorn is going to be the instrument whereby you cry out to me, whereby you come to me, where you're desperate for me, where you're dependent upon me, and then the exchange will be the weaker Ed is, the weaker Anita is, the stronger God is in our lives. And it's a process. I wish I could read a book and get this. I mean, you can listen to the study series that I, um, that I shared. It, it, it's, it'll be helpful, but the only help will come through the presence of the Holy Spirit through experience. And one other phrase before Josh jumps in, uh, one other phrase. You said you listen to music, you pray, and it's good for the moment. And I want you to know that our relationship with Jesus Christ is actually moment by moment. It's not a week, it's not a month, it's not a year. It's the daily moment by moment abiding and surrender of our life to him. And then that moment we surrender, the moment we receive. And I think Josh has some feedback on that. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I was actually going to say moment by moment, and that was a great word. Um, but also in, in Luke uh, chapter 10, uh, there's a story about Mary and Martha and, and how uh, Martha is always distracted and, and busy, and she misses out on what Mary gets to enjoy, and that's being at the feet of Jesus when Jesus is at their house. And I know for me uh, personally, I, I actually had the privilege of teaching this in New Jersey this last weekend. Uh, I tend to get distracted really easily by events that happen in my life, and they can either be really uh, discouraging to where I'm like a Martha, where I'm always distracted with all the new uh, hardships that are coming in, or I can be merry, and with that moment by moment, I can make it through because I'm at Jesus' feet. And I know uh, for me, I have to continually remind myself of the promises of God. And that means that I have to go through my Bible and I have to look at what I've marked up and I just have to keep reading them because in those times of like hardships and trials, uh, I tend to forget who God is. And when I tend to forget who God is, it, it causes me not to want to put my faith or take those steps of trust that I need to in order to make it through the day. So I would really encourage you, Anita, to just really jump into the word like you are, but then remember that we just have to be at the feet of, the G, at feet, at the feet of Jesus day by day um, because it's so essential to be continually reminded of who he is so that it grows our trust in him because we would never do anything in faith if we don't trust the person. And like any good relationship, you have to know the person in order to come to that trust. And the more you trust him, the more you're going to be able to make it through each day. Um, but it really takes some discipline and then the desire naturally grows to seek him. Good word. You guys want to pray? Want to Pray for Anita. Yeah, absolutely. Father, we want to lift up Anita to you right now and pray that you would go before her and that you would bring uh, encouragement to her, that her heart would be uh, strengthened within you. And God, you would lead and direct her path. Show her the next yes. steps that she needs to take. Give her the courage and faith to take those steps so that she can honor you and glorify you. And I pray that her story would be one uh, that is, is told of 
uh, a trophy as a trophy of your grace, God, yes. that she would encourage others and that she would be able to serve others uh, as she moves forward uh, in her relationship with you. And so, God, pr- mm. provide for all of her needs. We know, I guess in saying that, Lord, we know that you have. And so I pray that you would help her to uh, rest in the truth that you are uh, the one who loves her. You are the one who has taken care of her. You've never left her. You will not forsake her. And that her heart would be established in you as a result. So, Jesus, we just commit her to you in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Anita, can you do me a favor? Yes. Can you email me, pastored at calvaryaurora.org? Okay. And I'll respond to that email with some links to some books that have really helped me. And really, what you're doing is you're just going on a fact-finding mission. You're pouring wisdom into your heart, into your mind, so that you can you can apply them. You know, how the Holy Spirit hiding God's Word in your heart. Um, and there are some books on depression, uh, and, and I'm not afraid to use that word. Uh, and there's also a, a book on hope uh, that has greatly poured words of life into my into my soul. Completely biblical, um, from the Christian Biblical Counselor Association, very strong. Uh, one of them was written by a pastor. Um, very, very powerful. And I'll send you the links, and perhaps you can start adding to your library, just preparing for, you know, day by day, growing in your trust of the Lord. Great. That would be wonderful. Yes. And your email is at Pastor Ed at yes. Calvary Aurora? Okay. Pastor Ed at calvaryaurora.org. And I've got them all ready, so it won't take long for me to respond. And and um, just, I, I read some of these a couple times a year, just to be reminded, because uh, you never know what the enemy's going to throw at our throw at us. You never know what crazy thing's going to come to us. But the Lord is faithful. And I'm still standing, and I'm not bragging. I'm only bragging on God. I'm still standing. I'm still serving the Lord. Um with all the brokenness and craziness that's been in my life, God is still one million percent faithful, even if I wasn't standing, but at least I get to stand here and testify to it. Amen. Okay. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you guys um, and taking the time to help me through this. It really did help, and I look forward to getting those books and and reading and learning some more. Amen. Thank you, sister. Stay in touch. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. It's one of the one of the neat things about this show, and I know Cody, as you're coming on and you're going to start hosting yourself, um, the thing I like to describe it as is this is a pastoral show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not simply the answering of Bible questions, although that does happen. Uh, the the idea of taking the Bible, but always with the answer weaving into the ministry, uh, because for sometimes for some folks, this is a lifeline to them: the radio, technology, their phone, and. And I know there's a lot of great Bible answer shows out there, um, people answering Bible questions, but we get to, I, I describe it to all the guys, whether it's Nick or it was it's Jeff Figs or Eric Cartier when he was doing it, um, which by the way, Eric, if you're listening, we miss you. Yeah. Uh, you're greatly missed. We love you very much. Um, but um, the, the idea of getting, allowing what you're able, kind of like what Willie was saying, how do we stay transparent? How do we stay human? This show really helps us be pastors without outside of the pulpit, absolutely, and and use the gifts and talents in a whole different way. Um, it's challenging; you never know what what's going to happen or what question. But it also sharpens us, iron sharpening iron. Uh, and and if this was the only call that we had all week, besides the other ones that we had and what we're going to take right now, this is why we do Calvary Amen. Live. It's good yeah. stuff. All right, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's try to pick up. Uh, Kristen's been waiting faithfully. 
It says you're in Hudson. Is that Colorado? Yes, it is. It's right by um, Brighton. I don't ah. know if you know where that is. I, I, you know, I've been here 20 years. I still don't know. I, I still don't know places, but I know where Brighton is. So welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Um, so I just have a question, and I hope I can word this the way that it makes sense. Um, my boyfriend and I, and I'm going to do my best to speak on his behalf. So okay. So just me on the phone. So we only have a um, few minutes. So let's. We got to condense it because we're otherwise we'll okay. run out of time. Okay, so um, I'm just curious on what marriage looks like in the eyes of God due to the fact that I'm reading Genesis, and I came across Genesis 24:67, and that um, verse kind of made it sound like sex was what made it them together, Rebecca and Isaac, but I know that sex before marriage is sinful, so I'm a little confused. Well, let's let, so whenever we're confused, we always fall back on what's super clear in the Bible. And what's super clear in the Bible is that sex outside of marriage is sin. And, and so sex is reserved for marriage, which then implies that marriage precedes sex in God's eyes. And the okay. question of what is biblical marriage, you can summarize it, I think, in one word, and that is covenant, where you make a covenant before God and man to vow your life within the context of the family of God, you vow your life to one man and one man to one woman for one lifetime. And the, the first marriage that we witness is in the book of Genesis, but it's way back in the beginning between Adam and Eve. And so a marriage today is a lifetime covenant that only death can break in God's eyes between one man and one woman. And considering that sex before marriage is sinful, how exactly would you go about, I guess, fixing that? Not so fixing that, but you know what I mean. Cody, what do you say? Yeah, I, th- I think that when whenever I encounter this, I, I try to talk through through it with people in terms of what, what are you experiencing and what do we do to fix this? I mean, so first and foremost, you've got to be willing to acknowledge that it's sinful. Uh, it can't be anything that is, well, our circumstance makes it okay, and so we're going to make whatever arrangements we need in order to make room for our sin, but it's to say instead we're going to make whatever arrangements that are necessary to remove that sin. Uh, and then I think that it's it's important to evaluate, uh, is marriage the right step for this? Um, just because you've had sex with somebody, that doesn't mean that you should get married. Uh, right. And so that's going to take some counseling, uh, perhaps with a with a, a pastor to be able to sit through through some of those things and make some of those qualifi- qualifying decisions. I know that when whenever uh, we perform weddings, uh, I don't do that apart from meeting with a couple for an extended period of time and determining if this is a wise step for them. And so uh, I think that there's there's going to be some acknowledgement of sin, some true repentance, and faith placed in the Lord to say, God, if this is what you want for us, then we want to do it correctly, which is your way. Um, and and so uh, removing sin is a, a very good, big first step. Perfect. And Thank I, you so much. I, I appreciate that, Cody, because it's in the context of your fellowship family. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's again, um, my wife and I, we started backwards. We were unbelievers. We had a child in high school. Um, we lived together uh, after, actually, of all the things we didn't do, we didn't live together, uh, but we ended up getting married, uh, lived together as unbelievers, uh, and it was very, very difficult, and it wasn't until the Lord saved us that, that, that God really began to do the work. And so not everybody has the pristine, perfect life that we would desire, but God can redeem it all. Amen. Perfect. Josh, anything? 
I agree with you guys. I think it's uh, 100% correct. And I also think uh, sometimes when we live in a sin like uh, sexual immorality, uh, things can happen, such as having kids. And there almost seems to be like, I have to marry this person because I've had a child with them. And that's not necessarily true. And it's still really important to make sure that the person you are looking to marry or commit the rest of your life to is someone uh, that you can honor and pursue the Lord with. And that's really important to, uh, to really keep in mind. And I definitely want to say that for anyone that's listening right now, maybe you just found out that you're pregnant and um, you feel like now I have to marry the person uh, that I was with and that's not necessarily the case you still have to take some time get wise counsel and make sure that person is the person god wants you to be with for the rest of your life hey kirsten uh one quick question do you have a church home i do yes i go to um a church in brighton northern oh i forget the name because i'm under pressure um northern something in church uh, or northern something in brighton Great. Yeah, cool. I would say meet, meet, get, set up a, a counseling session or some time to sit down with some of the, the pastors or even an older lady there and get some wise counsel and, uh, and get some clear roads ahead on how to handle some of these situations. Perfect. Thanks, well, I sister. I really appreciate you guys answering. We got to go. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We uh, appreciate you guys being in today. We got 30 seconds left. Redemption Calvary's up in the reunion area of Commerce City. Go to redemptioncalvary.org. Calvary Church here in Aurora. We have service tonight, 7 p.m. We're almost done with the book of 2 Kings. Uh, Pastor Josh, you just got back from Jersey. You do a lot of things behind the scenes here. Yes, I do. Glad Appreciate to be with you guys. Appreciate you being on the air. Thanks and, for coming uh, God in, bless you guys. Keep praying for us as we pray for you. And uh, may the Lord bless you. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.